0: Good morning. Hey, while I get set up, grab that connection card from your bulletin. Start filling that out cuz I'm going to need 87 seconds. All right? So you got 87 seconds to grab that gold or connection card and chit chat. You guys are so quiet. Well, I hope you're having a good week. Yes? No? Yes? Some? All right. I'll take 25% saying yes. That's good. Hey, NTS kids are back. NTS? How was NTS boys and girls? There we go. All right. Hey, uh, praise God. Two of our teens accepted Jesus Christ for the first time this past week. Hey, hey. So I just want to say thank you for your faithful giving and sending our kids to camp. This is why Pastor Josh and his team do these uh, fundraisers to send these kids. And uh, again, it's why it's titled Never the Same, because they will never be the same. Um, What else is going on? Uh, You can see stages set for VBS. Um, Our kid's summer survivor kicks off tonight at what time? Six? Six o'clock. So if you want to get your kid here, six o'clock tonight, right here in the sanctuary, Hence the stage design for tonight, all right? Hey, we're on our, uh, go ahead, Nick, and there we go. We're on our summer teaching series called Superpowers. We've been looking at this letter in the Newer Testament called Galatians. We're looking at chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And there are nine character traits that we're calling superpowers that Paul writes to this region of Galatia, which is in present-day Turkey. And there, he, he church plants five churches. In a little while, he goes away, and he realizes conflict within the churches, and he writes them a letter. And all these superpowers that we're calling, these nine character traits, are in the midst of our lenses, are on conflict. And let's look at this again. And Nick, can you go to the next slide, please? It says, The fruit or the response of the Spirit, the result of the Spirit as a follower of Jesus in your life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Patricia did a fantastic job with joy. Last week we talked about faithfulness. And this week we're going to talk about one that at first I wasn't real thrilled about. I'm like, this is kind of boring. Like, Paul, you've got all these words to choose from. Why these nine? And why this one word? Because I find it boring. So here's what I'm going to do. Turn to your neighbor, and if I was to ask you, hey, I need you to deliver a message, and you got to choose what one you did not want to do. Like, it's just boring to you, right? And that's the one you're like, hey, Ryan, please don't give me this one. Like, I don't want to do this one. Okay? Look at the list and turn to your neighbor and tell them what one's just boring, just mundane to you. All right, ready? Go. What one? As we jumped into the series, we had to ask the question, again, why these nine, Paul? Why? To me, the most boring one is gentleness. Anyone else? Gentleness? Like, come on, Paul, gentleness. The only time I ever use that term, is be, be gentle, is to like a kid or a baby, right? <laughs> like, isn't that adorable? You just want to pull those little cheekies. And here's the problem with any baby that you hold, you know, they're just playing fun and games and they're like going after your glasses and slapping your face. You know how it's like. And you're just like, oh, no, no, gentle, gentle, gentle. Or the baby here, and you know, this is the face he responds to you when he slaps you in the face too. <laughs> or the baby, you know, you want to say gentle, gentle when, you, when the baby goes to like pet the cat or pet a dog. You know, you're going to use that term, gentle, be gentle, be gentle. But it's not a term that I use an entire, I, I just don't use it. So this week I was like, all right, I'm going to do gentleness. It's the boring one to me, I'm going to get it over it with. But then I started to unpack it. I said, oh my goodness, it's a reason why Paul included it. And it has huge, significant meaning. And the more I studied it, I realized I need more of gentleness in my life. So in order to understand gentleness and what it means, uh, we have to understand the original language, and you're going to get a little Greek lesson, all right, this morning. The word gentleness that's used that Paul writes, Paul writes in Greek, is the word praroutes. Let me hear you say perutes. It means gentleness. It's the Greek word there in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, Perutes. this word is the noun, it, it's used 11 times in the New Testament. 11 times. Significant amount of times. The adjective form of perutes is the word gentle, which is pronounced peruse. Let me hear you say perus. Perus. This is the adjective form. It's only used four times in the entire biblical text. Three times Jesus uses it. So when I said that, I said, I want to know what my Savior, how he used this term, gentleness. Gentle. If if this word's only used four times, and three are spoken by our Savior, there must be significance when Jesus used them. And in Matthew chapter 5, we're only going to look at one verse. You may want to go to Psalm 37. I'll give you the... You can go to Psalm 37 if you have a Bible. But in Matthew chapter 5, the first time Jesus uses this word parous, the gentle, gentleness, is when he's at the Sermon of the Mount, the most famous teaching that Jesus does. It's the beginning of his ministry. He's up on the hillside. He's got the Sea of Galilee there. It's beautiful, and he's teaching his disciples. And he says this. Matthew records this for us in Matthew chapter 5. He says, blessed are the what? Meek. It's the word gentle. It's the word there parous. Meek and gentle mean the same thing. Blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek, blessed are the parous, for they will inherit the earth. And then I stop there, and you wonder, what in the world does that mean? Like, Jesus, you're just telling everyone on this cool hillside looking at a huge Sea of Galilee. That's like a giant lake. Hey, if you're gentle and meek, you will inherit the earth. Like, what in the world does that mean? And then you realize, if the more you study, Jesus, this is a direct quote from the Older Testament. Then I sit there and say, well, where in the world did Jesus pull this out? And what he's doing here in the midst of his teaching is it's known as a remez. He's hinting back to the Older Testament. He's trying to take something in, the hi- in, in past history and then take it and insert it into the present, into his teaching. We do this all the time with movie quotes, all the time. Anytime you reference a movie, you're doing a remez, you're hinting. Now this morning, if Josh has, hey, hey, Ryan, bring the truth this morning. And I says, Josh, the truth, you can't handle the truth. What movie did I just insert? A Few Good Men. Right? I took you, you, some of you already know the first time you saw that movie, right? You know exactly. I just took something in the past and inserted it into the moment. And this is exactly what Jesus does in his teaching. So I want to know, okay, Jesus uses this word gentle, meek, parous, and he's hinting at something in the Old Testament. There must be some significance here, because why is Jesus pointing us to the Old Testament? Well, jump with me to Psalm 37. In the Old Testament. If you're not a biblical guy, just take your Bible and open it about halfway and you're going to be there. All right? Psalm 37. This is pretty cool. At least I think it is. I hope you do. Psalm 37, verse 1. Oh, let me, get, let me set this up. Psalm 36, David's writing Psalm 36, and it's all about conflict and chaos in your life. Psalm 37, the next Psalm, is writing about our response to conflict and chaos in our lives. And it's on the screen For he begins this way. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. We frame from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So, so far through nine verses you may be still confused. But Paul's, or David's writing there and just is telling us, hey, in the midst of chaos, do a couple things. Over and over, he says, do not fret. Don't fret. In the midst of messes in your life, don't fret. He says, trust in God. In the midst of chaos, trust God. Do good. Don't do evil. And then he says, be still. Because he knows in the midst of our chaos, it's super hard to be still, is it not? Man, we just want to jump into that chaos and just, the problem is we create more chaos. He says, wait patiently for God. Again, don't fret. It only leads to evil. And then in verse 10, a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. In verse 11, this is Jesus's remez. But the what? Meek will inherit the land. And enjoy peace and prosperity. So the first ten verses, he's sitting there saying, this is what you do in the midst of chaos. Don't fret. Do good. Don't do evil. Wait patiently. Trust in God. And then at verse 11, he says, but it's the meek that will inherit. I think when you sit there and sit back, and and it still may not even clear everything up, but I think, in a sense, what David's trying to get to us is that it's gentleness in the midst of chaos. It's your composure that gets you through your chaos. Perhaps we can say it this way as David's trying to to explain it to us. Can you go to the next slide? This clicker's not working. Sorry, Nick. You're going to be busy. That gentleness... Is composure in the midst of chaos. Gentleness is composure in the midst of everything you face. Jesus says it's the meek that will inherit the land. He says, don't fret, don't do all this stuff in the midst of chaos, but be gentle and be meek. They'll get you through it. Gentleness is composure in the midst of chaos. And we could say, hey, that's great. I like it. But, you know, every morning we wake up, we're not sitting there thinking, hey, I'm going to experience chaos. I'm going to experience conflict. I'm going to experience just mess in my life today. i got to remember gentleness. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll put on my gentleness hat when that comes. Right? It doesn't become natural to us. But I think what David leads in Psalm is he gives us the key to gentleness in the midst of composure or in is composure in the midst of chaos. I think David gives us a key in verse five. Verse five actually reads: commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and you'll do this. In the Hebrew it says, Galal Darek which actually means roll your path onto God. This is the direct. Transliteration from the Hebrew. And this is what I love. This is, oh, it's so awesome. So in verse five, roll unto the Lord your path, trust on him, he will do this. It's the idea of this that in the biblical text, God tells us there's his path. There's his path that we can decide to walk on, or everything else, there's all the other paths of life. But David writes in his psalm that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of conflict in your life, you want to experience gentleness, composure in the midst of chaos, you're to find God's path wherever that may be. Take your path and roll it upon God's path. That's how you get through chaos in your life. And a lot of times what we do is we're like... All right, right, I've got a little bit on your path, but I, I like my own way. But we're to roll our path onto God's. It's there almost as a magic carpet, if you will, that will take you through the midst of chaos. That God's path in the midst of our own mess and conflict will inform us on how to react in the midst of chaos in our lives. It's God's path that leads us and guides us to do things we can't do on our own. It allows us to love that person that is so unlovable. One of the fruits of the Spirit is love. But it allows you, as soon as you roll your path onto God's path, it will allow you to say, God, I need your strength to love this person because they are so unlovable right now. God, I don't have the patience right now to deal with my kids, deal with my grandkids, deal with my boss, whatever. I need to roll my path onto yours because I know you can give me that strength to do so. And oftentimes when chaos comes our way, we respond quickly. We do the knee-jerk reaction And we think, hey, I can handle this chaos on my own. I don't need to roll my path onto God. Hey, I I got my own. And what happens is when we go our own way, we create more chaos in the midst of chaos. You ever get that email? Man, that email has your blood pressure through the roof. And you are just boiling. And you craft this little clever email. You've done it, haven't you? You craft this clever email, and you're like, man, I'm going to respond to this person. This is uncalled for. Man, they just have me right now. And then you have this email, and you're like, "Mm, do I hit send or do I not hit send? And you accidentally hit send, right? And you're like, oh, no, how do I get that back? (laughs) But that's the opportunity to sit there and say, God, let me roll my path onto your path. And give me the strength right now. Give me gentleness. Give me that composure in the midst of chaos. You've got that coworker. Man, maybe they're in the classroom right next to you, maybe they're in the cubicle down the hall. But you know that coworker. That just pushes all your right buttons. And on your drive to work, you have an opportunity. God, I need to roll my path onto your path. I need gentleness. I need composure in the midst of chaos because I know this coworker of mine is going to come and talk to me. And all I want to respond is kick him in the head. That's just being honest. Come on, you thought that thought before. towards the spouse you know what would get your spouse going maybe it's finances maybe it's parenting and you says god i'm going into this conversation that i don't want to have with my spouse i have an opportunity right now to roll my path onto your path to exhibit gentleness in the midst of this conflict that I'm going to have. God, give me the strength to endure it. Give me the strength to exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control right now, because I can't do it alone. About two months ago, uh, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, Uh, decided to play soccer. She's never played soccer before. She's always wanted to play soccer. And I said, all right. Um, A rule is, though, hey, finish out the season. Like, you signed up for it, you're committed, finish strong. Um, She was extremely nervous. And as a dad, I'm competitive, and it drives me nuts that she was so nervous because I'm like, just get in there. Like, you just got how hard is soccer? Kick a ball. Like, that's all you got to do is kick a ball. And she was so nervous one Saturday morning before going to the game. She didn't want to go. And she starts crying. But she wants to go, but she doesn't want to go. We didn't want to force anything on her. I will never force my kid to do a sport that they don't want to. But she says, Daddy, I want to do this. And she's crying. She's trying to get on her cleats and everything. And she's crying. She's like, I can't, I can't. I said, you can do it. You're going. You can do this. You want to, you can get on the field and do this. She's like, I can't, I can't. And this literally goes on for 15 minutes. And by that time, my other daughter's going to be late for her soccer game. And I said, Olivia, this is ridiculous. Except I didn't say it in that tone. I raised my voice about as loud as I can go. And her face just goes pale. And I crushed her in that moment. And I hope I can stand here before you today and say I'll never raise my voice like I did that two months ago to my daughter. But I can tell she was just like, oh my goodness, daddy just screamed at me. And I needed in that moment to say, God, help me roll my path on yours. Because I need composure right now. I need to exhibit gentleness. And as parents, man, we have countless of opportunities to roll our path on God, do we not? It's really hard to exhibit gentleness and chaos. It takes a lot of strength. To be gentle in the midst of chaos. And I think to Jesus, and one of the ways he, what Jesus was described was he was described as being gentle. In fact, it says this in, in Matthew. Nick, can you go to the next slide, please? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus says this Come to me, all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Next slide. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, there's that word, gentle, parous, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. In fact, Jesus As he entered in the last days of his life, when he rode that donkey down the Mount of Olives into the Kidron Valley, up into Jerusalem, it said, here he comes, gentle, riding on a donkey. And Jesus goes into conflict. The worst conflict, the worst chaos that Jesus is going to experience. He's going to go to the cross to defeat the chaos and conflict in your life. Yet Jesus exhibits gentleness in the midst of all of it. Our vision is to live like Jesus, share his love. Live like Jesus, share his love. How are you living like Jesus in terms of gentleness? Nick, next slide. Where do you need gentleness in your life? Where do you need to say, God, I need to roll my path on your path? In your marriage? the work with your neighbors with your grandkids with your nieces and nephew whatever it may be where do you need to experience composure in the midst of chaos man does gentleness bring such much more meaning than I ever thought it would be what a boring word it's just boring but man do we not need it more than ever This morning, I think that we have several people in here that are in two camps. There's some of you that are over here that's just said, hey, I've rolled my path onto God's, and I am awesome, which is great. You are awesome. (laughs) But for some of us, we know that I've done that, and I've made that decision. But I've also liked to take my path and try to put God on top of it. For others, there's over here in this camp that says, I have never, ever put my faith and trust into Jesus. I've never laid down my path and put it on God's before. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. For some of you, you're experiencing just way too much chaos, way too much conflict right now, and you've never surrendered to Jesus before. If you've never done that, just repeat these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I've rolled my path onto my own. I've gone my own way. And this morning I confess to you. I can't do life alone because I don't have the strength to do so. So this morning, Father, I give you my faith. I give you my trust. I surrender my life to you. Believing that you went to that cross to bear all my chaos and that I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for that. With all eyes still closed, if there was anyone this morning you said, I surrendered my path onto Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up in the air? I would love to pray for you this morning. Yes, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. God, you saw those hands raised. And as the song says, May we be more like you and less of me. And in the midst of chaos and conflict in our lives, may we exhibit this fruit of the Spirit. May we exhibit this superpower called gentleness, composure. Because your son was called over and over. He's gentle. And Jesus says, I am gentle. Come to me and I will give you rest. And Father, we rest in you. We thank you for your family. We thank you as the angels are rejoicing this morning over four new decisions made for you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. At this time, our ushers can come forward. It's a great time to grab that connection card. And if you have made a decision or recommitted your life to Jesus, on the back of the connection card is where you can mark that. Love to continue to keep praying for you. Keep getting plugged in. In the fall, we're launching small groups in the fall. It's such an important way for you with that stickiness and continue to develop your faith. And again, thank you for your giving to send our teens, 23 teens, out to NTS down in Marion, Indiana. Thank you. Continue to build the kingdom here. Let's go. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you again asking that you would bless both the gift and the giver to see your kingdom expand. This is just an act of worship to give back a portion of what you've blessed us. Father, may we trust in you. and We just want to see your kingdom grow, God. We want to see lives changed. And we're going to celebrate that. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. We'll close with one more song. So as the plate passes by, will you please stand and continue to sing this morning?
1: Humble King, Holy One, Friend of Sinners, God's own Son. God in flesh, among men, you are my hero. this life Lord it's yours All I want, all I need, less of you, less of me. Take this life, Lord, it's yours.
0: worship team for doing a closer unplugged set for us this morning. Hey church, how did you see?